What's going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning in. And do me a favor. If you're a fan of the show and you enjoy listening, make sure that you're subscribed on whatever listening platform you listen on and leave me a review if you can leave a review. My guest today is an absolute badass. She is a competitive CrossFit athlete who uh, in 2016 suffered a catastrophic injury where she ended up with bilateral tears in both of her shoulders, uh, her labrum and her rotator cuff, had to have multiple surgeries, took three years to get back, and she actually competed again in 2019. She's a nutrition coach, and currently she's also uh, going through something that I've been dealing with as far as gut health problems, and she's teamed up with a gut health coach to try to remedy uh, some of what she's been going through. So we talked a little bit about that. Uh, we talked about bow hunting, which she's into, as well as her training um, as a CrossFit athlete, where she was one of the top female CrossFit athletes in the world. She's super cool. And uh, I really hope you enjoy this episode. Give it up for my guest, Christine and Dolly. But before we enjoy the episode, a shout out from our sponsor, Action Specialty Coffee and Natural Supplements. Go to drinkaction.com, and that's action with a K. Use code word curious when you're buying any of your favorite specialty coffees or natural supplements that Action's brought to market. If you're into craft roasted coffee, you need to be getting it from Action. Subscription model will get you 20% off, and we'll also make sure you have fresh craft roasted coffee delivered to your doorstep without having to do anything other than open your door. If you're also into things like turmeric and hemp, MCT oils, it's all there for you. Drinkaction.com, use code word curious, and enjoy this episode. Are you in Michigan at the moment? I saw you were... Yeah up in Canada, maybe, or something like that, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, had, oh, I mean, I live in, or I'm from Canada originally. Um, but I hadn't been there in like a year because of all this COVID crap. And I was like, I'm just going to try and go. And I did. And they let me over. They read me on the Canadian side. It was pretty funny because on the Canadian side, they read me all these like quarantine rules and like how I could get like charged a million dollars and like go to jail. Like it was insane. I'm like, this is like beyond insane to me. Um, and then when I was coming back was what I was kind of worried about. Cause I have a working visa here, but I'm technically a citizen yet. Okay. So on the way back was, I was like, Ooh, this I'm like nervous. I'm not going to get back, but it was easier getting to the States than it was Canada. Really? Yeah. Like technically they can't deny me in Canada because I'm a Canadian citizen. Um, but as far as I'm go talking about COVID and like all of that stuff, it was completely different on the U S side, which I was surprised by. Yeah. So am I. That's, that's shocking. Yeah. Which part yeah. of Canada are you from? I grew up uh, in Pennsylvania, like on the New York state line, south of Buffalo. So okay. like for me, going to Niagara Falls was kind yeah. of like a, 
yearly thing. So mm-hmm. Canada was close, but uh, I know. Right. Yeah, so I'm from Ontario. Um, I'm close to Toronto. Okay. So I, where I lived in Canada is about an hour away from Detroit in Michigan. Okay. So I can just go back and forth. It's about like 45 minutes for me to get there. Yeah, there was a couple times early in my high school years where we took a trip to Niagara Falls. It was like early on before things really got crazy with borders and all of that. And yeah. uh, it was like, hey, let's go to Canada and let's go drink. Yeah, you know, I think that's the only like, reason I've been there too, is just to like go hit the wineries and stuff. Yeah. Now, so I know there's a lot that I want to talk to you about. I, you know, I came actually... I think I had followed you for a while just cause I'm into health and fitness and you were somebody who, you know, if anybody doesn't know, you were quite like the savage from a CrossFit competitor standpoint. I know you went through some injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, but I saw you again, I think Cam Haynes like reposted a video of you shooting a bow across a pool. And yeah. I just remember being like, look at this chick, like firing the bow across. And then I'm like, wait, I think that I followed her before. Yeah. And then I had written it down, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to reach out to her and have her on the podcast. It slipped my mind a couple of times, but, um, yeah. I, so you hunt, like, I didn't realize, I saw, I looked back through and I saw more photos of you in, in like camo and stuff out in the mm-hmm. woods. I actually just took it up this year. Um, my boyfriend has been doing it since he was like 12. And so he's huge into it. And so he's like, I want to get you going this year. So, um, we went and got me a bow and I just fell in love with it instantly. Just even from like a therapeutic standpoint, it was just so, it was like a therapy for me to just go out there and shoot the bow. Um, <laughs> and like he was teaching me and like I was getting the hang of it, you know, doing really good shooting out of target, right? Then I get out in the woods and we're like hunting and like, it's such a cool experience. It's crazy. Um, do you hunt? Um, so I've, I've hunted. I did early on, not bow. I was like a, you know, rifle deer squirrel type person. And then sports sports like took over my life. So, uh, it just, I didn't have time to devote towards it. It was kind of cool. And where I grew up, it almost, there was a delineation. There were some athletes who, who also hunt, but mm-hmm. there was kind of like the hunters and then the athletes. Right. And uh, I was friends with a lot of them. I just didn't do it a whole lot. And when the big craze around bow hunting, you know, I started following Cam Haynes. I'm a big Joe Rogan podcast listener. And so I'm like, you know, let me see what this is all about. And uh, I had a friend that introduced it to me a little bit, showed me a couple things. And then I was like, like you, I was hooked. I was like, I got to go grab a bow. I got myself all fitted and, uh, I've got small little two acre plot here of land, but I've got, it's kind of like a cool backyard where I've got a couple areas. I have some 3d targets set up and oh, nice. to your point, just going outside and just shooting a pattern and being like, okay, meditation, you know, concentration. I tune every, it's one of the only times that I play the guitar it's the same yep. kind of thing for me. It's like, I'm so singularly focused on what I'm doing that yeah. it allows me to take the ADD that I'm usually walking yes. around with me and too. like smush it down. Yeah. Now, it's like, it puts you in that flow state. Yeah. It feels like, right. And that's what I love so much about it. 
until you get out in the woods. Like, <laughs> I mean, I was writing a post on it the other day that I was going to, I was going to post and it was basically saying how I've never done anything in my life that has brought me like so much tranquility, but chaos at the same time. And like, that's why I love it so much. Mm -hmm. Um, I got out there and I was like, this is crazy. Like this, just the whole experience. And you got to have, you're right. Like you have to have time to do it. It's a very time consuming thing. Like you're out there for like 12 hours at a time, sometimes longer. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it was like our third time hunting and this buck comes and like your heart rate is just going crazy it's I'm trying to like calm myself down and just breathe um but I pull back and it's like everything I learned went out the window (laughs) I'm like where's my people like like I couldn't get anything right and then I missed the deer and I'm like, oh my gosh, I was so upset, but it was like just the crazy ex- experience of my life. Like my legs went weak. I like couldn't breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, as soon as you feel that, it's like, I need to stay in the woods forever. I just want to be here forever. Yeah. There's some people that that might scare off a little mm-hmm. bit, but <clears throat> I, I'm with you, like the challenge and the consequences. I think that's a big part of it too. It's like, I've done hard things and I've gotten nervous before mm-hmm. things, but for me, the consequences have never been like, okay, what, ha- like I get hurt, or if it's a right. presentation, maybe somebody doesn't like what I'm telling them. But there's the consequences are just measly compared to wounding an animal right. and making it run away. So I think there's a part of that too. Right. But now I know you're, I know that happy I missed, <laughs> like in a sense, I was like, well, I, I would have rather missed than like, wound it you know hit it in the wrong spot so but it's yeah totally it's a crazy experience yeah my brother just got a deer uh, with a rifle he went out uh, bow hunting with his father-in-law and he told me he he didn't tell me at first he told me after he shot a deer with a rifle he's like it was actually closer than the one that I missed with a bow and I'm like wait, wait what are you what are you talking about he's like Oh, you don't even understand. He's like, this buck came running in towards me and it just, it overwhelmed me, like kind (laughs) of got them all excited. And we were supposed to go, uh, on an elk hunt. We were going to go to the St. Joe's national forest in Idaho. So it's a very dense part of uh, public land because I'm just the type of person I'm like, Hey, I've been shooting this bow religiously for like a year and a half. We're going to go public land hunt because that's what nobody else would do. Like, let's just go all in and do this. And uh, I was shooting and one day just uh, felt a pop in my shoulder and was like, "Uh uh-oh, like, what is that? And uh, it was definitely from a prior injury and just shoulder Mm. problems and things that I had had, but I had a small labrum tear. And I, I mean, I say that with like, you dealt with way, way more, but it was kind of a similarity that, took that a bit. I couldn't, couldn't pull the bow back. Couldn't really do that. So I had to take some time off, kind of put a kibosh on our trip out West and then COVID hit like right after that. So in a way, I don't know if we would have been able to go anyways, but I know uh, I've been able to start shooting again for the last month and a half. And so definitely hoping the snow stays off the ground. It stays warm enough where I can go out and get like serious practice in because I'm Mm -hmm. pumped to get somewhere out West and and have that experience. Is this season where is it still in season right now for you guys? 
Um, not for archery, um, for like rifle. I'm trying to think. I know. I think there's a couple more days. I saw some friends of mine posting some buck that they had shot recently. So yeah, it's, uh, and then I'm like, like I said, I'm kind of close to New York state. So a lot of times those seasons are like a week and then it overlaps. So then you kind of get like another week in the, in the next state. Yeah. Yeah. I need to get more into it. I don't have as many hobbies these days. Yeah. My wife may say differently, but um, (laughs) she's like, you need to find a couple things to get rid of and stop doing instead of just always finding more things to do. But I'm just so afraid of what that leads leads to, you know? So in pulling the bow back within a shoulder, like I couldn't imagine. That was one thing I was thinking about a lot, actually, when I started into bow hunting was I was like, wow, if I didn't take care of my shoulders like I did like I wouldn't have been able to do this there's no way yeah so I don't we don't have to spend a whole lot of time there but I know you went I mean you had devastating injuries to Mm -hmm. your shoulders um Mm -hmm. maybe give if you could uh you started in CrossFit 2013-14 is that right time frame um so 2013-14 was basically when I started competing Okay. Um, I was doing it for years before that, just kind of building my foundation. Um, but 2014 or 2013, I went to regionals on a team. Um, and then 2014, I decided to go individual and that's when everything kind of blew up. Um, like I went to regionals and ended up placing third, um, that year, but they, that's when things were still kind of they were only taking two from Canada East that year. Um, so in the grand scheme, like at the end of the day, like I was like, I think I was like 10th overall in the world, but not going to the games. It was just crazy. So they, they changed the whole layout of it. And the next year I was training, like, you know, made it to regionals, but four weeks out, I was out in Vermont training with Matt Frazier and I ruptured my Achilles. Oh. Um, and then, <laughs> yeah, so it was just like a, a bunch of things happen like right after another. Um, so I came back from that, that, that recovery was really good to be honest with you. Um, it was probably about like half a year and I was like back doing everything. And then I, switched coaches I moved out to California and I made it to the regionals out in California and on the first event uh it was a snatch ladder and I was on my very last snatch and snatched it the bar fell behind my back and I just heard like like all this popping I was like oh my gosh like it hurt really bad and, but I'm out there, like, I've got all this adrenaline. It's, I mean, I'm coming back from an old injury. I'm like, this can't be happening. Right. Yes. So I go again, snatch again, and whole bunch of popping again. Um, so I was pr- pretty overtrained um, at that point. There was a lot going on um, hormonally with me, but I couldn't like lift my shoulders or anything like that. So I ended up going and getting some 
you know, just seeing some surgeons and getting surgery on both of my shoulders. So late, they said I had labrum tears on both my shoulders, like full slap tears. Mm. Um, and then I started my recovery process out in California and it was like four months later. And I just felt like I wasn't recovering. Like things just weren't feeling good at all. And so I went and saw a doctor in Cleveland and he was like, yeah, you have like complete uh, rotator cuff tears. Like, and if you don't get these fixed, like you won't have any function in your shoulders when you're older. And I'm like, what, <laughs> excuse me? Like, how did they, how does that happen? Like, did they just miss it in the, the first surgeries? So he was like, yeah, like they must've missed it. Um, because something like that, the way he explained it was that has to come from almost like a traumatic um, experience basically. And I was like, well, let's go, I guess. So I ended up having to do two more on my um, shoulders or each shoulder. So it was about a three year recovery for me. Did they do those separate? Or yeah, yeah. So the first ones were pretty close together, um, like a couple weeks apart. I think they were just too close together. I was like super sick. Um, it was pretty bad. And then those two were around like six weeks apart. Man. Yeah. That's so a three year recovery. I mean, did you at that point in time just tell yourself like were you thinking like CrossFit's done I'm I'm not competing ever again I gotta try to find a new journey in life yeah it was it was a serious like roller coaster of emotions um I did not think I was gonna get back to where I was but I had people telling me that I would so the doctor told me I could so he was like the first person which I was shocked about (laughs) I'm like he's like you know like you can get back to you know where you were Um, and then I worked with a company called Active Life and they you know they built out a very meticulous plan for me but it was like a two three year plan right um but throughout those years, it was just like up and down and up and down. So it was like really hard for me to believe I would get back. Um, but I just kept showing up. Like I really just kept showing up for myself. It's, it's what I wanted. I mean, I remember the first day I, I started CrossFit. I had a goal of making it to the CrossFit Games. And I just really never lost sight of that. And then when I got the taste of like almost being there so many times, that's what kept bringing me back when I was going through my recovery. It was like, I deserve to be there. Like, I know I can be there. And so I just kept that in the back of my head and I just kept showing up. Um, and I eventually did get back on the competition floor. That's so cool. Yeah. What's, what's your athletic journey prior to CrossFit? Were you in gymnastics? Were you mm. in dance or something like that? Or? Yeah. So growing up, I was in gymnastics. So I was an elite okay. gymnast. Yeah. So that created a very solid foundation for me for a lot of things. Um, and then after gymnastics, I was into, I played some travel soccer and then I did some um, martial arts like Taekwondo. And then I got, then I found CrossFit and it was like, that was it. Um, But gymnastics was definitely like 
it, the, the transition from gymnastics to CrossFit, that helped me so much. Yeah. I would imagine, especially from a competitive standpoint yeah. too, right? Because it's yeah. like, I've never, I, I've done a lot of things. I've done CrossFit style workouts. I've never gotten involved in like an actual CrossFit program. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, I've dealt with just nagging injuries uh, and my excuse, and it was probably more of an excuse was just like CrossFit looks like it'll break me down. And I just, you know, I have a hard time staying healthy going to the Y with a couple of my lifting buddies sometimes. And I don't think that was like a fair assessment. I, I, I'm sure a lot of it was more just me creating an excuse to not do something that I just didn't have a huge desire to do. But mm -hmm. is there, I mean, you mentioned being overtrained. Now you're at like the elite level of that. That was always the criticism that I heard though, was like the competition aspect of moving weights can create some dangerous aspects, i.e., you know, having a... Yeah a bar fall behind you and tear your shoulders, right? Yes. Yeah. I think like, um, CrossFit, you know, it gets a bad rep because there is a lot of gyms out there who don't prioritize quality over quantity first and creating a foundation for their clients or whoever it is. And so that's when CrossFit can become dangerous in a sense. I mean, every sport can be dangerous, but it's, you know, you're doing these very high technical movements, you're doing them under time. And if you don't create that foundation first and really focus on the quality of those movements, the risk just jumps. Um, so from that, I mean, from you being someone who's like, you know, high risk of injury, it would be so essential for you to focus on, you know, the foundations and the quality of the movement first. And that takes time. And that's what people don't want to do is they just want to like jump in and, you know, be part of it. And yeah. so that's when CrossFit can become an issue as far as like injuries. Um, but also the overtraining thing, right? Like the, the top athletes, um, most of them have it dialed in, to be honest with you, like their lives revolve around that sport, you know, from sleep to food, like every hour of their day is revolving around CrossFit and, you know, their goals in CrossFit. When it comes to the gem pop, and I think social media becomes a problem here because they see these athletes like doing so much and, you know, training like two times a day and all of that. And they don't have the time or the resources to completely wrap their whole life around this. And so they're training all, they're doing a ton of training and then they're really stressed outside of the gym or they're not eating enough. They're not fueling themselves right. And then that's when it becomes an issue for overtraining or like if you want to call it under recovering for the general pop. I don't necessarily, I literally posted about this yesterday like, I don't necessarily think it's like CrossFit is the issue. It's the under recovering, the under eating, you know, the stress that comes with it for the general pop. That makes sense to, especially your kind of perspective on social media, because it is, it's the, it's the aspect of the sport. That's not like cool to be putting on a story or on your posts. Right. So it's like, okay, I'm going to prioritize going in and busting tail for an hour and a half 
but I'm not going to warm up properly. I'm not going to be eating mm-hmm. the right type of diet. I'm not going to get my body worked on, whether it's massage or chiropractic right. work and all those things that allow you to do it unless you're living it. And to your point, the right. people at the top, exactly. yeah, they're doing that. Yeah. I, I deal with a lot of like, I see it a lot with female clients. It does happen with male clients too, but um, I deal with a lot of female clients who just have run into like a ton of hormonal issues, like thyroid issues from exactly what I talked about. And it's, they're not, you know, competitive CrossFit athletes. Um, they're just, you know, people who do it for exercise, but they're, it's coupled with like eating at like 1400 calories and, you know, a really stressful life and then not you know, depending on where they are and where they're training, like maybe that gym isn't prioritizing creating that foundation or creating, um, you know, or focusing on quality over quantity. Like, I don't think that someone should be doing kipping pull-ups until they can do a strict pull-up, for example. Like Mm -hmm. you have to create that foundation first. Now, I mean, so we're talking 10, how long is the, like the games, like the competitive aspect of CrossFit been going on? Is it like 10 or 15 years now? Yeah. Yeah. I think it, I think it's like 2007, maybe. Okay. Is yeah. there, I mean, obviously like the, the top highest of the highest level people, I, you know, I, you hear Rich Froning's name, people like that, like financially, I'm sure killing it. Yeah. Um, is there a structure because I would imagine I'm like, I guess I'm trying, what I'm trying to think is like the, the top, top peak of people who have the financial ability to do that. Is there, is there more people competing in CrossFit at a high level who don't really have that financial ability to manage their day-to-day lives in a, in an ease that somebody who at the top or has it matured enough as a sport where, yeah, there may be some variance between those people, but it, there's still a pathway for them to not have to go take a full-time job somewhere else to support themselves. I mean, kind of that similar track with MMA, yeah, like, right? Where you have guys that are, you know, on the undercard of a UFC fight and then they go right. and work at a Rite Aid and it's mm-hmm. like, well, how can they ever expect to continue to grow at the rate of somebody who's living right. this because they're supported by sponsors and yeah. you know the pay? Yeah, well, the new um, layout of CrossFit has actually made it more so where someone who isn't necessarily at the top can make a pretty decent living off of it. Yes, um, there's the there's a new layout where it's sanctional, so they have like these competitions like all over the place. So you see people going and competing. Um, you know, all over the place and making money and then gaining sponsors. And so there is that place for that. But the downfall of it is that you have to be competing more. And so you you can't, it's, I mean, as far as health of your body in general, you can't be competing all the time. But I mean, I guess if you want to look at it that way, yes, there is, you know, more room for someone who isn't necessarily like, making it top five at the games to make money off of it. Yes. No, that's awesome. Yeah. I think anyway, I, 
it's like such the topic of conversation and probably because we live in a world where everybody's able to now manifest their own incomes through different streams. And so then totally people who are putting their health on the line, whether you're competing in -hmm. CrossFit or going out and fighting in a cage or boxing or baseball, I mean, you see the money that the top three sports make and it's like, holy shit. I know. Yeah. I mean, you sit down, you're like, okay, well they generate a lot of revenue. So like how much money is a, professional baseball game bringing in just one they think there's 162 games in a season one game how much money is that stadium bringing in you start to be able to then parse out how you can afford to pay somebody you know 40 50 million dollars a year Mm -hmm. it's like yeah you know we should you got guys and girls that are getting in and putting their life on the line and putting on a lot of risk and they make a micro fraction of that right i know yeah Oh, interesting. So now you, you do some training, like personal training for people, health training. Yeah. So, well, just on the nutrition side right now. Okay. Yep. yep. Got it. Um, yeah. It kind of actually bridges to something I wanted to mention. So you, I saw are dealing with some gut health things, um, Yeah. yeah. really resonates with me. Um, yep. for the last couple of years, I've been struggling with something that I can't really get answers on completely, um, manifesting into skin conditions. I've had some hair pro like literally like welts that have, you know, manifested on my head that everything kind of points back to an inflamed intestinal tract or stomach. Um, you know, just the sense of like anxiety in my gut, uh, when I really shouldn't, but yeah, I have uh, the same thing. Yeah. And I was curious, I mean, you're just starting a journey on this. I'd love for you to kind of maybe explain a little bit of what that entails. And are you drawing comparisons between, you know, past um, obstacles that you've had to overcome? Because I'm, oh, yeah. you know, some people I think get it when I tell them my guts, it's just not right. And it's, it, it impacts you on a day-to-day basis, sometimes worse, depending on how you're feeling. But other people, oh, yeah. I think they're like, oh, well, that's just a different level. Like there's like physical pain, there's injury. And then like, okay, you don't feel so great, but I'm here. I mean, I'll tell people right now, this is, there's days where I just don't even feel like getting up. Oh yeah. I know. Me too. Yeah. I'm in the same boat. Um, your gut is literally linked to everything in your body. And so when there is a dysfunction going on there, you're going to feel it within everything and so people I don't know if people think it's like woo woo or what but it's definitely real um I think in western medicine it isn't like talked about a lot or it's you know kind of covered up with you know antibiotics or like something like that so with gut problems I typically say like you kind of have to go into like the eastern medicine and work with someone kind of holistically on it which i've done did a lot of homework on who i was gonna work with like i'm a coach um but i needed someone who specializes in this because of you know a lot of the things you were saying i have too um and it just was severely impacting the quality of my life and it's been like this for a few years actually um and it all started when after I had my surgeries so I remember starting to work with a nutrition coach and he asked me it was right it was before I had my surgeries 
and he asked me if I had any food intolerances or anything like that. And I was like, nope. Like, I'm like, I could eat anything. Didn't have, didn't deal with anxiety, like nothing like that. Um, following my surgeries, I started, I don't, like I started getting bad skin issues, um, you know, bloating after eating every, like anything and everything. Um, and then I started getting sick from food and that progressively got worse and worse and worse and worse to the point now that I am, if I eat something, like if I go out for dinner, I have to be like super careful, um, and super picky of what I'm eating. And even then it, it can still happen. But if say I go out for dinner and I ingest something that doesn't you know, work with me, I will be bedridden for like days. I've been vomiting, um, you know, feels like a really intense migraine, foggy brain, cannot concentrate. Like it will completely, I'll have to cancel things on my schedule, calls, things like that. Um, and so this was just happening like more and more and more. And then it was showing up like with fatigue during my days for no apparent reason like from a caloric standpoint I I was eating like 2,500 calories a day so from that standpoint like I was fine I had pulled back on training wasn't you know overdoing it like I was whatsoever um and so it was just like all of this stuff didn't make sense I was very tired like I just said um and then anxiety really started like appearing in my life um and it's it just I had enough of it and so I knew that you know like for years I had focused on my hormonal health um and got really far with that because I mean those were in the dumps too but the thing is is like hormones and gut are intertwined like you cannot you know fix one without the other until I started really learning about gut stuff, um, I made that correlation and just realized like, I don't have the tools to fix myself. So um, I had been watching this, this practitioner on Instagram for a long time and actually talked to people who worked with her and said it was like a life-changing experience for them. Um, so I hired her to help me to figure out what's going on with these issues. So um, I started working with her two weeks ago. Um, and the first initial part of all of this was to do this detoxification process. And it was like, a, it was really nerve wracking for me because as a coach, when I hear the word detox, I'm like, no, 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 like, <laughs> we're not doing no detox, right? Because it's, it has like a negative stigma around it about you know people who do, do detoxes because they've overdone it on the weekend and then they want to fast for like 48 hours because they feel guilty. Easy fix. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like this is no easy fix, right? So um, we've started in this detoxification process, which looks like three weeks. It's 21 days. Um, I can't work out. So just completely have pulled training out um 
the first two days of each week. So starting Sunday night at 6.30 till Wednesday afternoon at 11.30, I'm fasting. Um, <laughs> which, which was like really intense for me last week, which was the first week. Um, and then, which I'll kind of talk about in a minute, but then from day, the day three to the last day of the week, you get two meals and two shakes a day. They're, they're structured meals. Um, and so it's just like really focusing on giving your gut a break and helping to detox the liver because we really never give ourselves our gut or our livers a break. Um, and with all, you know, the toxins and processed foods and all of that, the, the liver's kind of overworking, right? So it's kind of like this stepping stone to what we're going to be doing next. Um, but it's been a really, really interesting experience. <laughs> I bet. You mentioned, yeah. you, you. so I just was curious. I mean, I've had this thought in my head. It's like, as somebody, and I'm not nearly as accomplished as you've been athletically. So I'm assuming you've, you understand and are in tune with your body. There's just like a level when you, when you rely on your body for, for difficult tasks, you start to understand it. You know, I always used to say like, I could one day, like bad form, the wrong meal, like I could feel that. And maybe it was in my head, but I could feel it. So for me right now, you know, I hear somebody who's just like, Oh, I'm tired today, or I'm a little sore, I'm foggy. I would feel guilty saying the same things. Yeah. But in my head, I was like, I know how optimal feels. I understand that as -hmm. somebody who kind of relied on my body for different things. And I, I also know like, okay, I've had days where I'm a little tired or worn out, sore, didn't feel myself. And that's not what this is. Is that, I mean, am I describing that similarly? Like that you just kind of can tell. Very, very very similar. It's not the same. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So fasting, are you allowed to like coffee, water, anything like that? Or is it just straight nothing? So um, no. So no coffee is allowed through this whole process the the three weeks of this like detox I still hate using that word but whatever (laughs) um uh so through this whole detox no coffee which okay coffee it's not even really the caffeine for me it's like the ritual of drinking the coffee I love the taste um so having to take coffee out and have this like ritual in my day at the beginning of my day has been like it threw me for a complete loop at the beginning I was like this is making me like I would my mood was just in the dumps to be honest with you um so no coffee I am allowed water and like herbal tea um and then the fasting days just to kind of like not be completely catabolic we do have shakes um which have like vitamins minerals and some electrolytes in it so you get four of those shakes a day they're spread out like three and a half hours um but that's it so the first week like i was i felt like i'm like how does anyone do this like all the time just because they feel like they need to I'm like this is really hard and I feel like trash like I couldn't do anything 
Um, and then the second day when I woke up, I was like super nauseous. Like I was feeling I was going to vomit, um, which all of this is normal during the detox period, like low mood, nausea, you know, low energy, all of that. But it was worse than I thought it was going to be. Um, and then my anxiety actually got really bad last week. Like it was like the highest it's ever been. Um, but I was like talking to my coach and she's like, I mean, she's like, you're not just like detoxifying your, you know, your body. It's like your emotional state too. So these things are going to be exacerbated. And I was like, okay, this makes sense. This makes sense. This week has been a lot better. Um, but the fasting days still like really get me. Um, I went from eating like 2,500 calories to now having like, I can probably, I don't know on the fasting days, it's like maybe 400 from the shakes. Um, and then on the food days, it's, I mean, probably not too much more. So it's been a pretty big dramatic difference for me. Mm -hmm. Has, has your coach mentioned anything about stress and how stress can impact that? Because I saw a dermatologist because of the skin issues. And I'm like, you know, I just, I was actually on vacation. Uh, I was down in the, in uh, Hilton head and I'm like, I shouldn't, I I mean, I'm stressed a little bit, but like life's, life's good. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have any reason to have this manifestation of like skin condition Um, when I got back, I said, Hey, I'm, you know, is it, is it possible that, you know, I just feel anxious. Is it stress? And she's like, no, like absolutely not. Stress can't cause rashes. And through all the research that I've done, I'm like, there's more nerve endings in your stomach. There's like a, a ball of nerves in there, the size of a cat's brain. And so I'm like, well, that to me contradicts, and I'm not a doctor. So I'm like, I don't want to argue with somebody, but I just, for as matter of fact, as you told me, no, I would think that uh, what I'm looking at would maybe give you cause to pause and ask a couple more questions. Absolutely. Absolutely. Stress, stress um, is basically an attack on the gut. So it doesn't matter what kind of stress it is either. It's Mm. could be, you know, physical, emotional, you know, any kind of stress, the body can't body can't tell the difference between stressors right so that's why going through this process like I couldn't work out because we're trying to eliminate some of that stress some of that inflammation all of that and so that would have caused more problems for me so absolutely stress can you know show up in your skin definitely the 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 increase in cortisol you know that will show up on, on the skin I would imagine then sleep also another big part of that then. Yeah. That's a big one. That's the one. Yeah. It's funny. We, uh, I went to Hawaii on my honeymoon and, um, few, like four or five years ago. And on the way back, we stopped in San Francisco and to kind of make a long, crazy story short, I -hmm. met this gentleman at the bar, um, who it's crazy. Like I had a, a regular room. We're, I, I splurged on like a standard room at the JW Marriott. I was trying to be so cool. And uh, we were there for maybe a half an hour. We were starting to unload our bags. And I, was, I think my wife had hopped in the shower and we were going to go to dinner. And uh, we got a knock at the door 
and they're like, Hey, is, there's a water leak below you. Do you have water running? Like, do you have water in here? And I'm like, well, my wife's in the shower. So we had her stop and they're like, okay, we're, we'll be back. We may need to have you move. Well, they came back and they said, we're going to move you. Um, but we've, we've got a special room for you. And they took us up to the presidential suite. So I had like this amazing, like $3,000 a night hotel room that overlooked downtown San Francisco. And yeah. it was, it was amazing. And so like, we kind of chalked it up to good luck. It's yeah. you know, nice for a honeymoon. But that gentleman that I was talking to was like, yeah, I'm, I'm here. I work for large technology companies and I stay at this hotel all the time. I was below you. There was water coming into my room. They were going to move me because of my status. And uh, I just said, you know what? I've already got all my stuff hung up in here. Just give it to them and let them have it. And so it's, yeah, it was so cool. Like yeah. I, I always, I like telling people that story. Cause it's like, there's good people in the world. Right. Absolutely. But we kind of started talking from that. It like sparked up a conversation. Like who, like, where are you from? How you doing? You know? And I don't know how we got onto it, but he was talking about sleep and he, he kind of looked at me and I think about it now, especially tied to like the room and all the weird circumstances almost as if he was like placed there on purpose for me to have a conversation because he said, oh, I believe that. he's like, let me tell you something. He's like, as you get older, like he brought it up out of nowhere. He's like, sleep is the most important thing. If you ever have health problems, if you ever have mood problems, if you have problems in your relationship, your work performance, before you think of anything, ask yourself, how is your sleep schedule and what you're doing there? And so, wow. You know, it's, it's, I, so right. I think about it all the time, but when you were talking about stress and mm -hmm. that, how that impacts it, you know, I'm sure that's an area I, even though he told me that I need to go back and revisit it more, but I honestly usually say like sleep is like the foundation to life. Hmm. Like when your sleep starts lacking, every single part of your life seems to, you know, start to lack. And I see it all the time with clients. And even myself, like I notice um, if I have, you know, a crappy night's sleep, my anxiety is high, you know, thing, just little things like that. I mean, it's sleep to me is the found is sometimes even more, I would say more important than nutrition. I don't want to compare, but like, it's so important for all aspects of your life and your, you know, your health. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things that <clears throat> I don't know what the science behind it is, but early on, like, at least for me, I could get by with no sleep, you know? And then it was like, there was just a day where I, you know what I mean? I went to bed and only got three hours and I woke up and was like, well, this is new. Um, <laughs> uh, I have to get like eight hours or I'm feeling it for sure. I'll feel like all foggy brained if I don't get eight hours. So, yeah. No, that's uh, eight hours, man. That just sounds amazing. If I wish <laughs> at this point, I've got a, a 15 month old son and he makes sure that that doesn't happen. Oh, yeah, I, it's tough when you're a parent. I mean, there's no real way around that one. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, so how, so how many more months or how many more weeks is this detox? And then like, what's that protocol after? Is she giving yep. you an outline on how much you're, different your life is going to be moving forward or is it something that you can kind of wean yourself back yeah no so so this part is just the beginning so all my social media people are like 
they want to know so much about it and they like think I'm on a diet I'm like guys I'm not on a diet this isn't a diet um but I'm working with her for four months and then depending on like how things go I might continue to work with her but it's a four month period um and we've done testing um so we're just waiting for those tests to come back um and then depending on what those tests say, then we go, we actually start into like another protocol based off of that. So I don't know how long that will last. Um, but we, she kind of weans us out of this detox, you know, gets our calories back up in a safe manner. Um, but it all comes down to like this testing. And then there's a lot of like internal work we're doing too. So it's like a lot of emotional stuff, which is very important um, for this process. So it's, you know, it's a four month process. It's no quick fix. Um, with this detox, like things seem to get a little worse before they got better, but I'm really excited to see how this all rolls out. Like she is so smart. It's, it's unbelievable. She's been doing this for a long time and she, she takes a very holistic approach to things which I like which I do in my coaching um and I believe that's the true way in healing and not just you know covering something up with a band-aid right you gotta really dig deep and go through the hard stuff to find healing and so that's what I what I'm doing with her awesome what's her name yeah uh Taylor Sappington Taylor Sappington yeah you'll have to give her a follow she she posts very, very educational um, and like posts and it, you can learn a ton just by following her. Definitely. Now yeah. I'll just wrote that down. Mm -hmm. um, what about like compounds like CBD or turmeric? Uh, yeah. Like natural anti-inflammatories. Yeah, those are great. I actually take CBD at night. Okay. I take it. It helps calm me down. I find like I have a really racing mind at night can't seem to shut my brain off um and cbd has helped me a lot yeah I... but yeah with her um based on the testing that we're doing is where we're gonna get the supplements from like she's very all about not you know just throwing a bunch of supplements at you because they're supplements right it's very much coming from the results and then simplifying it with only the specific supplements I need. But supplements like that, like turmeric, CBD, like those are really good for inflammation and, and the gut. So I recommend those. Yeah. It's, it's fun. You mentioned coffee. So I'm a partner in a coffee company called action. Yeah, I saw that. Yep. And um, we started to branch off into some natural supplements and CBD and turmeric blend being one of them partially yeah. because of you know, some of the, the things that I've been dealing with, my partner had some gut problems early on. So turmeric was something that we were kind of looking for just a natural daily anti-inflammatory. Really yeah. Mm -hmm. The other one is glutamine. Have you, yeah. Yeah. So that's really, if I'm being honest, and again, don't, I'm not a doctor, so don't take my yeah. word for it. But like I've, I had somebody tell me, Hey, take high quantities of glutamine twice a day. And the days that I do that, Cause there's mornings where I wake up and I I'm like sick. I yep. feel, at least I, I feel very sick. I'm not yeah. nothing, nothing manifests, but I just feel like extreme inflammation in my stomach and in my gut. Yep. The nights that I drink usually 
you know, two big scoops of glutamine with some, you know, water and some Himalayan salt or something like that, or even in a Gatorade, as much sugar as that is, but it's, I wake up the next morning, not feeling so inflamed. And I guess it has something to do with like restoring some of the mucous membrane in your intestines and like the barrier, you know, people. Yeah, it, it helps with intestinal permeability. Okay. Yeah. So the leaky gut is, you know, increased intestinal permeability where the toxins and bacteria can kind of leak into your system because of that. Um, so the glutamine helps with that mm, okay. to kind of restore that gut lining. Yeah. doesn't seem like it's like a long-term fix. It seems like it's more of like a patch. Yeah. Um, if you but- take it for a long time though, yeah, it'll start to help a lot. Yeah. stick with it yeah. yeah it's uh i it's it's interesting it's like just one of those things you can't see it you can't put your finger and you mentioned it earlier like the woo-woo aspect yeah I've, it's, I've had people that are like oh i've had an upset belly get over it i'm just like yeah oh, or people think it's in your head yeah. i'm like it's not in my head <laughs> like i am like sick to the point where i can't do anything right um like i've got i've gotten that a lot i've gotten that a lot people just think it's in my head i'm like Mm -hmm. i promise you it's not in my head (laughs) so i know you're not able to do a whole lot of working out right now but Mm -hmm. um how has the quarantine been as far as somebody who's as active as you i saw you you had like a cool little adapter on one of the beams in your loft where you're doing like pull-ups and yeah running the stairs and then like a whole circuit is that been like is that the new norm or is that you know just to kind of fill time and space when needed yeah yeah no I will like randomly do workouts in here and I like I have the little I live in a loft so I have these beams as you can see so I have this like rock climbing trainer attached to the beam so I'll do like train I'll do sessions in here I have a bike like a stationary bike um so I've made it work that way um right now we aren't in like lockdown we can still go to the gym so I you know I have the luxury of still going to the gym um but yeah I mean I just got creative I just did what I did I used my body yeah you can always do something like people are like oh I'm gonna lose my gains but it's like slow down your movements, use your body, do tempo work. Like you can do something, something's better than nothing. Yeah. Are you familiar with Eric Leha at all? No. He's um, on Instagram. He goes by primal soldier. So okay. he does, um, he does, kettle, it's a lot of like kettlebell stuff, okay. um, body weight workouts. He's from Austin. He's uh, he's one of the on it. Um, okay. Athletes. Got it. And so you know, I talked with him early on in the pandemic and we kind of touched on the ability at the time for people to be able to still keep their health and wellness up in this pandemic. And, you know, without going into a thousand directions, you know, more than anything, right. It's, I I literally have seen a hundred thousand that's being facetious, but like, I've seen so many posts about masks and distancing and all great stuff. But I just think about, you know, we've had 10, 11 months of this and uh, the focus on nutrition, the focus on being active, um, taking, you know, getting the right nutritional uh, supplements, vitamins, D3, 
Yeah. All of those things in, I, I would think if you're somebody who's not active at all and you're complaining and all upset and, and frantic, spend a few months and get yourself in shape because I think you can probably have a much more profound effect on your body and your ability to fight something like COVID or any yep. other virus off if you're just a healthy individual, right? Completely agree. Yeah, completely agree. I think too, like with the lockdowns, um, I mean, I don't know if like some places you can't walk outside, but people really underestimate the power of just walking mm. and like just moving your body that way. It's like walking is so good for you. So it's such a powerful tool. Um, so if you're like not able to go to the gym, like do, give yourself a non-negotiable of walking two times a day, 30 minute walks, like something like that, get out in the sun. Like these are the things that are going to help you with your immune system. Um, yeah, being locked inside is, I don't agree with it, but <laughs> Yeah, no, we do. I guess what we have to do. I want to be a good yes, citizen. Yeah. You know, I try to, I, I'm not here to cause anybody else any stress in their life and, right. and whatnot. But then I'm also like, okay, well, we're a year into this and I know. I, I'm doing everything to keep myself healthy and well mm -hmm. to the best of my ability. Yeah. And at some point it's like, I was willing to wear the mask while the rest of you caught up. But like now we've had a year for everybody else to kind of get healthy and right. you're still asking me to live my life as if I eat at McDonald's every day and work out. And yeah, you know, I taught, I had a guy friendly with this dude at the local gas station and he's, he's a little extreme with some of the stuff. And I, I go to my, I'm like, how many crazies came in here today? You know, he tells me funny stories. And he said that he has somebody who comes in and buys cigarettes three or four times a week. And that, asks him if he will put a pair of rubber gloves on oh to gosh. take cigarettes off the wall and give them to him and i'm just like is he joking with you and he's like no no he's dead serious and i'm like okay well um i i don't know i guess it's material to tell my friends because it makes no sense <laughs> yeah so just the, th the thing you posted on your story um made me laugh because it's like the outside happening, oh yeah you know the inside happening on this so that's literally happening down the street for me right now there's a restaurant and there's a big tent outside and everyone's in the tent outside of the restaurant i'm like where's the logic here <laughs> yeah no it makes no sense yeah. i've yeah I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit of a conspiracy theorist, or I'm, I'm at least willing to explore all the crazy ideas that are out there. I, yeah, I'm beyond where, where this is going. Whoever this eight-year-old child is running the simulation. Yeah, I know. I talked with a, a neuroscientist a, a while back named uh, Randy Stout. Um, shout out Randy. His brother Warren is a, got a phenomenal jujitsu and Muay Thai school here in Pittsburgh called Stout Academy. And they've yeah. been they've been so gracious they've both come on my show that I train with Warren and uh I asked his brother I'm like hey as a neuroscientist somebody who studies the brain what are the perspectives and he he blew my mind with what he told me in that our brains actually work as if we are in a simulation because we're drawing inferences all the time and I'm going to butcher this so if anybody's interested go back and listen to the episode with Randy Stout but he said 
when we're looking at uh, maybe, you know, I'm, I'm looking out my window right now and there's a hill. I'm making assumptions about things that I can't really see. So I'm, I'm kind of simulate, my brain's already simulating reality. It's not, you're, you're seeing memories is the way he explained it okay. to me. Um, the way that your brain works. He's like, you're not actually seeing something. You're, you're seeing something. It's coming through your optic nerve. It's then triggering memories. Yeah, and it's okay. also, yeah, it's why so, a lot of times the memory isn't accurate or we think we see things. And he's like, it's kind of a, a interesting perspective when somebody says, are we living in a reality? He's like, I don't know if it, that's the right question. He's like, because our brains kind of are in a simulation. That makes sense. That's crazy. Yeah. And I butchered that. So it's it's way more compelling the way I listen to the clip of you guys talking. I need to go listen to the whole podcast. Yeah, he's he's an interesting cat. So yeah. I I hope to ha have him back on again and talk with him about a couple of other things, but Yeah. That's yeah. super interesting. Yeah. So what's next for you aside from all of this uh, you know, work, continuous work on yourself? I mean, any big plans in the future, anything that people should be keeping their eyes open for? Um, honestly, I don't have anything really planned. Not, nothing huge right now. This health thing is really taking the lead. And so I can't do a whole lot with this, but just, you know, planning on continuing to build my business. I have actually, I, I do have something in the works. Um, it's a new business. I can't really like say what it's about, but it is targeting um, hunters, people who are out in the woods. Um, awesome. It's got to do with like food and macros. So awesome. it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting. Mm -hmm. Now, whenever you're ready to to share more, let us know. We'll certainly I will definitely put the word out there for you. Mm -hmm. But no, it, it was awesome to have you on. Yeah, I loved yeah. it. Thank you so much. Certainly. I definitely want to keep in touch, follow your journey on this whole gut thing. I'm kind of personally invested into how this all works out. I'm yep. going to reach out to your coach as well. Um, yep. Do it. Interested in a couple of things there. Yep. And uh, yeah, no, where can uh, your social media, everything like that, where can people go and find yep. you? Yep. So it's just my name, Christine and Dolly. And then my website is ka-nutrition.com. Awesome. Yep. Christine, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate thank it you. a lot.